How's it going? This is Ty, and this is also the Fiction and Copy Decoded podcast, and I'd like to welcome you, which of course, I always do. Here we talk about fiction, copywriting, persuasion, marketing, and several other issues. Ever since I discovered that fiction writing and copywriting do borrow from each other in quite a few different ways. So without any further ado than we've already had, let's get to it. All right, today's episode is number 160. The post this episode is connected to is originally titled Copywriting Codex, How My Super Tall Food Truck Driving Cousin Taught Me About Marketing with a Couch. Originally published September 3rd of 2014, so it was a bit more than seven years ago now. But we'll let that slide. Okay, so copywriting codexes are originally, and I haven't done these for a very long time, specifically designed for copywriters or people who write to persuade as opposed to fiction writers because, well, fiction and copy decoded, the fact that fiction writing and copywriting borrow from each other so much with variations on similar concepts is what I built my blog about. So anyway, and that's partially what this podcast is about as well, unless something gets, you know, in the way of getting things done with going right down the line with different concepts or if something really grabs my attention and so on that I can put a spin on for both. I usually keep it to that. Okay, so my cousin is a truck driver. He 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 may not do it anymore, but when I when this story took place, he was driving trucks for schools and basically when schools order food, he would drive the truck over there with food and park it, unload it, and then go on his merry way. Okay. It started with a couch. He needed help to move some things to his new house. I don't know if this was the same couch. I've been I've been the recipient of a lot of very nice couches in life, and I cannot remember right now. It was possibly the same couch as concerned last episode, the one that kind of bumped me in the face. It might have been the same one because it does have a love seat attached to it. Okay, so step one is we knew that he wanted something before we got there. This was what we would call like the pitch, getting us to help him move. It's like, okay, here's what I want. It's like, okay, that's fine. We we agreed to gently, of course, because we he's our cousin. That's fine. But we knew things up front. Uh, Some people will say, and I think this greatly depends on something I'm going to talk about later, that letting someone know there's something to buy right away doesn't work well. That depends on a couple of things, and it also depends because I think that marketers need to, if they're not already, talk to prospects differently than they talk to buyers or people who are current customers, current clients, you can get away with doing things differently. Anyway, all right, back to the couch. We come to look the couch over. All right. Okay. Did my, when we were in, when we were at the door, did my cousin remind us right away about helping him move before we were in the house? No, he didn't. He invited us in. We sat down. We talked about a couple of things, you know, totally unrelated to everything. He told us how he was doing, what was up, asked us how we were doing, what was up. 
and we kind of got a little back and forth. He tells us about how he got the couch and love seat he now has to get rid of. Then he let us sit on it. It's like people would call that more professional, awesomer people than me have called it the power of demonstration. But of course, I call it taking a load off my feet. The handle to flip the footrest, I would say, was a lot shorter than I was used to, but that's that's a minor detail. Things were fine other than that. And it seemed weird to me, maybe it was because I'm used to certain sounds and so on that furniture makes, that the footrest didn't click when I pushed it back in place to stand up. But like I said, that was very minor, very minor at the point, at the time. He reminded us about coming to help him. He reminded us about coming to help him move his stuff. Oh, Okay, so this was this was actually a concern in the couch that had bumped with love seat that had bumped me in the face because here we had gotten the starting time. This had actually happened before last week. So I had somehow strangely gotten this totally out of order. Alright, so here's the deal. A lot of marketers don't do things this way at all because they pitch right away. There's a distinction to be made here also about how prospects and clients think of you personally. Because sometimes pitching all the time flops really bad. Otherwise, there are some marketers whose mailing lists I'm on, they pitch all the time, and I'm fine with it. Because, well, because of a lot of factors, only one of which I mentioned here. And the one that I'm going to mention here now is actually about relationship. My cousin could have reminded us Two seconds after we had gotten in the door about how that we were going to help him move or that we had planned to, but he didn't do it. I mean, I've known him all my life. And we helped clean up a bit a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it's not far-fetched. But he let us get in a little bit. He let us get settled in to figure out things like to warm us up, told us a couple of stories, a couple of laughs here and there to warm us up, and then to have us try things out, then remind us, oh, right. Remember that I'm going to need help moving and that you had mentioned you'd like to help me, so on and so forth. It's like, yeah, you know, so if you're writing marketing materials, you know, you can, you can kind of nurture a stronger relationship with your prospects, customers, and clients in that way with an easy start. You know, you can show them, you can show them, well, you can tell them or show them, but showing works better usually. Depends on how much space you have. That you care about them and their problems, that you're interested in them, what they're struggling with. That works for emails, sales letters, and a lot of other things. You can also provide information that your list can put to use right away. It doesn't have to be like a to-do list or a to-don't list, depending on what uh, tack you take. But that'll get your prospects to, and you don't have to give the secret sauce or anything, but if you can get it moving in the right direction, that'll get your prospects to trust you too, and your messages will have more punch. It's like, okay, this isn't just, oh, hey, 
that this is a message from somebody who just wants to sell me something or it's a combination of, okay, you can sell stuff to people, but you can also provide useful information in a way that's not boring or makes people want to run screaming into the night. That's another part of it that I actually didn't discuss here very much. And I mean, because if you don't have the relationship with somebody, it's almost like it doesn't matter what your approach is. It'll most likely not fail, may not fail all the time. You may succeed every once in a while, but without a relationship, it's really that much more difficult to, to sell things and to inform people if they don't trust you very much because either they don't know you or they don't know your track record or you don't have a demonstrable history with them or demonstrable history of results. Sometimes that can help too. If people don't know you, that may also help. But I mean, as far as if those things aren't put into place, and it takes some time sometimes. I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat it to say you could start doing this tomorrow. You could start on the path tomorrow. But as far as being like super trustworthy, I don't think that's a thing that will happen overnight. But without those things in place, it'll make it a lot harder to sell or not to your prospects, clients, and customers. So it's something interesting to think about. And my cousin reminded me of it because of a couch. That'll be the end of this episode. I appreciate you guys hanging out. To learn more about the blog this podcast is connected to, you can visit it at fictionandcopydecoded.wordpress.com. You can learn about me there. You can also learn about me at my copywriting samples website, which is tymallcopywriting.yolasite.com. Yolasite is one word. It's Y-O-L-A-S-I-T-E.com. Oh, you can support this podcast by liking, sharing, commenting, and subscribing to get the word out. You can also become a monthly contributor if you'd like. For 99 cents a month, you'll get my thanks at the end of each and every episode. Well, not individually, but collectively. Uh, for $4.99 a month, I'll give you part of the show notes for that week, for that episode, and the month that you're featured. Terms apply, of course. And for $9.99 a month, I'll do a 30-second to one-minute ad for you to promote your business during the show. Again, terms apply. All right. I appreciate it once again that you took time to listen to me today, this week, this time. And we will catch you guys next time. Have a great rest of your day.